Welcome back to Vantage Point Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. This is a podcast where we bring insight, keys, and perspective to everyday living through the lens of God. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm, again, so happy you're here. This is part five of our series to kick off 2022, Limitless. And if you've been with us the last three or four, I think it's four weeks now, you have not um, missed out on what it is that God is doing with not only Vantage Point, but the, the message that we're bringing to people. And we wanted to kick this year off with the word that God gave us, which is limitless, right? And so week one, we talked about self-imposed limits. Week two, we talked about Moses. Week three, we talked about Noah. And the last, uh, just a few days ago, actually, we talked uh, with Jonathan Pettis and we talked about God unabridged. And so I'm super excited. I told you all at the end of that episode that we had another special guest that was coming on for week five to close out the series. And I'm going to let him introduce himself. I have been a fan of his a little bit um, for a while now because I actually use one of his products, his company. And so we're going to get into that a little bit too, but we're going to really unpack this thing called Limitless one last time. And I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to him and let him introduce himself to Vantage Point. Hey, Nick, thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here. My name is Justin Trapp. I'm the founder of a platform called Ministry Pass. We serve churches, and we also have a, a sister platform called Sermonary, and that, that helps pastors. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an app, essentially, that helps pastors construct and build their messages in a more efficient and fluid way. Instead of writing in well, Microsoft Word, north to south, uh, which has you know, been done for 30 years, but it's just not as agile when you're trying to coalesce tons and tons of research and information and content. A seminary just makes it a little bit easier on pastors as they're preparing. You know, Nick, I, I, a little bit about me. And my, we had our first bone break in the family yesterday. So my, my oldest son, Shiloh, fell off you know, those motorized cars that kids have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he has one that's pretty fast. And he was standing on the back and our 18-month-old, they thought it would be a great idea to teach him how to push the gas pedal. And they, Shiloh thought the car was off. He thought, oh, I'll turn it off. I'm just going to work on the, but he likes to work on his car, pretend like it's, you know, customized Jeep or something. He was standing on the back. Oh, yeah. Max somehow turned it on and, and hit the gas. And uh, Shiloh went flying off the back onto the concrete. And the rest is history, as they say. So uh, young family, my wife and I have been married 15 years. Felt God called me in the ministry when I was 11 and uh, started working towards that and served in full-time vocational ministry, uh, everything from, a, a, you know, an intern to an, an executive pastor and uh, everything in between there. And God has just been really, you know, gracious with, with our journey. And so, uh, I'm, again, I'm happy to be here. I lo love chatting, love hanging with pastors. So thanks for inviting me. No problem. No problem, man. I'm, again, so glad you're here to, to really touch on this topic. And first of all, yes, we, we had talked a little bit before the show about your son. And, you know, it, it's, you know, on one hand, you never want to see it. But at the same time, it's like, okay, well, you know, get that break out now. And I'll get, yeah, get it right. out now, you know, hopefully no more, you know, depending on oh, what he man. does when he gets to high school, if he's adventurous, I know. For me, it was three sport athlete all the time, and and I never broke anything, but I have had my fair share of injuries and and worried my mom <laughs> and grandmother to death. I'm sure. Oh yeah, but, well, uh, we you know our youngest Max, he's 18 months old. We've sort of known 
he's going to be the bone breaker in the family. He, he's just changed the dynamic of our of our household a lot. He's, yeah. he's here for the party and he's here for the walls and jumping off them. And yeah. we just always assumed that he would break his bones. We just didn't mm. think that he would break other's bones. bones. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. It's so wild. Like I, I, um, I don't have children that young anymore, but um, the, you know, we're talking about limitless and as a kid, right? Like it's <laughs> no limits, right? At least in his mind at 18 months, he's like, I'm just, here I am, y'all have to accommodate me. And I understand you said no, but I'm still going to do that because what do I know? I'm just what I'm going to do, right? And so just that that childlike attitude, right, when it comes to that nature. And so I think sometimes as adults, we we lose some of that over time. You know, reality sets in, age sets in, and we start to find limits. I remember uh, talking to a, uh, one of our other pastors at our church, he was posted something on Facebook a few days ago and tagged me in it and said it was me sitting on the bench. And it was Kobe Bryant with like ice on his shoulders, ice on his knees and his and his back. And after you get out there and show the kids, you still got it. You know, it's like one of those situations. And that's totally me. Um, I would definitely say, oh, no, I can still beat you one on one. And knowing good well that I, I cannot those 30 point days are behind me a little bit. I'm good enough to cherry pick and get some layups and <laughs> do some things like that. But um, no, man, that I'm, I'm, you know, definitely, you know, praying for quick healing on that. And um, again, just excited to have you here, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. No problem. Well, let's, let's get into it, man. I feel like we're kind of tapping into something there a little bit when we talk about limitlessness and, and we talk, you know, it's kind of the story of, you know, with your, with your son, you know, I wonder, like, when you think about that topic, like, um, when it comes to limitlessness, right? And you, we, we talked a little bit about it earlier um, before the show, but just your mindset, when you think about that, when it comes to God and, and our faith and, and all of those things, man, what does limitless mean to you? Limitless. And that's an interesting word, right? I don't think it's a word that we humans think about often. And, and I, I wonder if it's because we have these self-limiting beliefs about ourselves that you know, God sees us for who we are, and he has a plan and a, and a purpose for us. But I think oftentimes humans, we, we sort of get in our own way, right? And we have this sort of self-limiting beliefs about what God can do through us. And God wants to do more in our lives. He wants to see us have significance and 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 fight for that purpose and achieve that purpose. But I think a lot of times we fall short as humans because we feel insignificant. We feel limited. You know, I always felt average. I got to be honest with you. I think th this is a, a topic that I, I you know, it's close to my heart. I felt average. I felt normal. Yeah, you know, I, I go by the airport and I see these books and, uh, you know, they, you know, are, you're you're a boss or you know uh, you're a bad a and and I, I read those books and I see those titles and I think yeah, I, don't, I don't really resonate with that I don't feel like yeah. that person and yet God has called me towards significance and so I have to overcome that feeling of being limited and the story that comes to mind a lot in in the Bible you know Moses was very you brought up Moses Moses was very well aware of his inadequacies right he was almost trying to run from the opportunity. And then, and then we see David. I, I think David is so popular in the Bible because David fought a bear, fought a lion, fought a giant. 
and seem to do so with confidence that struck people odd, right? His brothers, everyone around thought, man, who is this kid? And he just embraced the full limitlessness of what God could do through him in, in that moment. And I think for believers and people of faith, and, and maybe you're listening to this and you've been kicking the tires and you're not sure where you're at in your faith journey, but I think there's, there's something more out there for all of us. We can achieve more, but I think it starts between the years for a lot of us. Uh, and, and, and not necessarily, it's not that God has limits on us. We, we put those limits on ourselves. We, we sort of are this self-governor, so to speak. And if we can get out of that mindset, we, we might be surprised at what we could do in our lifetime. No, I, I, I agree, man. And I think that's so um, powerful. And just, again, some of the things you said, you know, you're talking about self-limited beliefs, you know, what doubt, we doubt what God can do through us. And then we ultimately feel limited. I remember, you know, seeing similar books like that or seeing similar things and thinking like, man, that, I can't do that. That'll never be right. That'll never be me. Or even, you know, um, going back to, you know, when I, when we were kids, you know, yeah. you, you could tell a kid, you can almost tell a kid nothing like you can't, they want to be everything. I remember, you know, somebody, you know, you asked, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I remember, and I was thinking about this um, some time ago, but I wanted to be a police officer. I wanted to be a basketball player. I wanted to be a baseball player. I wanted to be a surgeon at one point. I wanted to be the president of the United States. Um, and then slowly but surely, those things started to dwindle away. And for instance, an athlete, that was probably the first reality that set in, you know, um, when it came to basketball, I, I wasn't tall as a kid, you know, I wasn't seven feet or six, eight or six, six, or, and I wasn't very good at, at that time in life. Uh, baseball, I was great at, you know, that was a sport I was really excelled in, but at some point there were people that were better than me, or, you know, I only played so much after high school and, you know, it, more reality set in, right? And then the question of other things, you know, like a surgeon, reality, you got to go to school for almost 10 years. Yeah. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, I don't want to do that either. All of these things that, that I wanted to be um, ultimately allowed me to, or at least put me in a position to where, you know, at one point in life, I thought I could do anything. And then ultimately, reality set in, time set in a little bit, um, some of my own doubts set in, um, you know, what people said, you know, I remember, you know, um, and I've talked in the previous series about, you know, the relationship with my dad and, and things of that nature. I remember one of the few times we did have conversations uh, and, and saying that I wanted to be one of these things. And the response wasn't an excitement. It wasn't anything like that. It was, you can't do that. Nobody in our family does anything like that. And so as I went through this life of all of these things that I thought I wanted to do, that I had big dreams for, that I could see myself, right? Because I think that's a thing. Like, do we see ourselves first in these mm -hmm. things? You know, 
Um, and I could see, I could see me playing for the Chicago Cubs. I could see me playing for the Chicago Bulls. And I say Chicago because that's where I'm from. So I'm, you know, I had this all around, and I could see being a doctor. I, I, and then after a while, like I can't see it anymore because something stopped that limitless thought. And so you kind of touched on some things when you said doubt and we feel limited. But what do you think, you know, you got people that are listening now that are probably thinking like, man, I want to do this so I can see it, but they, they keep hitting the wall. They keep hitting something. Um, what, what, do you, what do you say to them first? But then also, what do you think about kind of that, that thought of as a, as a kid, you know, that kind of, you know, childlike faith, but childlike vision, you know, that we see ourselves that way. But ultimately, over time, those things start to dwindle away. Yeah, I think as adults, we think too logical, right? Yeah, we yeah, think yeah, yeah. too. I, I remember in high school, I had wanted to, to record an album. I was a songwriter, and I was traveling to different youth groups and leading worship and, and singing it. I, would, I wouldn't call it a concert, but, you know, I was showing up and doing my thing. And, and I remember two people within like a month had told me, that you know you need a plan b justin and you know they were talking about my future what are you gonna do after you graduate and i said well i want to i want to sing i want to travel i want to go to different churches and i guess you know i would i would just caution everyone to to not you know throw mud on someone else's plan or dream because you know at the time i was in high school and it really sat with me for a while right their words Words are heavy and um, words are powerful. And I already had enough noise in between my ears, right? And, you know, argue, you know those self-limiting beliefs. And then now you've got adults in the room that, that are smarter than you and wiser than you and older than you saying those same things. And so that, that, was, a, that was a real um, learning moment for me to overcome that. And, and, and thankfully, I was able to do that. I was able to achieve most of everything I sought out. Uh, sought to do in those years but I'll say this I had I have a really wild story if I could share and I, I as I look back on this moment I think this was the moment this was a providential moment that God used to teach me to sort of unlock those limiting beliefs on myself on what what he had for me so I was a a um, I, you know I left full-time vocational ministry I was doing marketing. I was doing some commercial photography. Ironically, I was shooting a lot of UFC fighters, doing uh, advertising campaigns for different UFC brands or, or, or organizations that are in the MMA industry. And I, you know, was serving some churches. We it was called Marketing Matters. Had about ten or twelve churches that I was working with ongoing. I was creating the graphics for them, helping them with the the announcement videos, just all of the creative you know, services there. And I mean, I was busy. I was, I was busy and I was tired, to be honest with you, working for 12 churches at once. And we had this idea, you know, so this was all without a website and it grew to about 12 churches. And so we said, Hey, let's, let's do this. Let's create a website and let's try to grow it a little bit more. And so we did, and we got a lot of calls from a lot of pastors within like 30 days. And it was all the most of like 99% of the pastors that called though were churches under 200 people and they needed help. They, they, and they were bivocational. They were a volunteer pastor. They were the only person, you know, 
that was paid at the church, limited resources, and they're going, hey, I see what you're offering. I, I need help in this. But they couldn't afford like a monthly retainer. And so we sort of thought, well, is there, is there a way to create lots of resources, a buffet, a diverse palette of different types of resources for all types of churches and pastors and sermon series and church graphics and make it at a price point that is really approachable for every church, no matter what their size. And so they can sort of like Netflix, right? You just log on and you browse and you find what you're, you're interested in and, and you press play. Same concept here. You, you just press download and you get those resources. And gosh, it was such a big idea, right? And we sort of put it off for a long time. And I was doing marketing for churches and communication for churches. And I was doing some marketing in the MMA UFC world. And I had this random phone call one day. And this guy on the other line says, Justin, I got your name for so-and-so. My name is Mike White. And I wanted to interview about a big project. And so I'm going, okay. He said, we're, we're called RES. And told me about them a little bit. And so I looked them up. And it was just this it was it was weird. It was odd. It was real flashy. I would say everyone's in suits. Everyone's real pretty. And so I go down to their office. I, I don't. He didn't tell me anything about the project. He was just like, "Yeah, come on to the office, and I'll tell you about it." So I get to the office. It's in the Heights in the Houston area. So that this is in the area that's uh, got houses. It's in a big unrestricted area. It's, I would say it's an affluent area. They've revitalized it. And so there's these large, large houses that have been converted into businesses, 4,000 square foot house, right? And so I roll up in front of this house, and there's a Maserati, there's a Ferrari, there's a Rolls Royce, wow. there is Lamborghini, there's a Bentley, there's another Bentley. I'm going, man, what in the world? So I knock on the door. Yeah, yeah. And this young, pretty lady opens the door has an iPad in her hand. She says, good morning, Mr. Chap. Can I get you a Red Bull? <laughs> the first thing out of her mouth. Red Bull. <laughs> and I'm just going, what? What on earth is... So I just it's like bumping club music in the background. And there's Sports Center on the TVs inside. And everybody is just dressed, you know, just top-notch. Suits, custom, you can tell it's custom-tailored suits. Guys and girls are all just, all you know, dressed out. I'm going, what in the world is this like underground corporate world I'm <laughs> just right, walked right. into? So I walk upstairs and I'm waiting on the two guys that I'm supposed to have a meeting with. And on the whiteboard at the back of the room, it says, is Justin Trapp the next leader of RES? And I'm going, what have I gotten myself into? Like, I don't understand. So they they were energy brokers. And what they did is, uh, you know, they would broker energy deals with if you're a business, they can they'll come to you and say, Hey, you're paying 13 cents a kilowatt or whatever, we can get it to seven. And then they they'd make the spread and they they're actually buying it at four. So they were making a lot of money. And it's Texas is an unregulated market. And so if it becomes regulated, their business literally disappears overnight, right? So I think they were wanting to diversify, but they're so flashy. Their culture is like young and pretty and just Maseratis everywhere. And they're, they're wearing suits, but they're also wearing hats with their logo. So everyone's asking them like, hey, what is this logo? Like, what is it? And it looks kind of like this, like an energy drink logo or a Spartan logo or something. So they approached me and they wanted me to build this lifestyle brand. They said, we want to be the next Under Armour. I'm going, okay, great. Like, 
what does that even mean? <laughs> and so they started um, sort of recruiting me to, to start this lifestyle brand for them. And they wanted me to, to, to create, find a manufacturer to do an energy shot, do an energy drink, do apparel and all this stuff. And I'm going, this is just bizarre world. I showed up one of their meetings, Nick. They gave away 50000 as a bonus in cash in a briefcase to someone. It, they had custom, they had tailors at the back of the room, like, hey, you two guys, you hit your bonuses this week. Go to the back of the room, go get fitted. They're going to get you a custom tailored suit. Gave the guy 50, 50 large. And then one girl, she was getting promoted. She's in a mini skirt. They have her get on her hands and knees. He pulls out this Braveheart looking sword. I mean, I'm, this is, I'm telling the honest God truth. If, if anybody listening has ever watched the show, I think it's Parks and Rec. It's called, it's a segment called Entertainment 720. It, this is Entertainment 720 in real life. Like they're 1000% serious and it's just like Entertainment 720. So he pulls out this big Braveheart sword and, you know, RES, that's the name of the company. And so there is Real Energy Solutions, but they were wanting me to build another brand called Ready Every Second. This is a long story, but it's a wild, so I think we can get away with it. You know, they, they knight her. R-E, everyone's yelling. R-E-S, and he throws the sword up in the air. Yes! And I just told my wife, like, honey, uh, if I don't, you know, they may sacrifice me here in a second. I don't know. <laughs> right. Here's, here's why I'm met. So I started working for them. And I, I, I told my wife, am I the fall guy for something? Like, I don't understand. They, it was just so random, right? And I just wondered, like, is this, is this God's way of helping me grow my business? Because at the time, I was, I was working, doing most of the work, but I was wanting to grow. But I was also really tired and worn out. And I'm sure everyone can relate to that. And so they offered me... It was like eight years ago. They offered me 85K to work from home and work on this lifestyle brand. I had like unlimited resources to, to try to figure it out. And so I was going, you know what? This is random, but maybe this is sort of God uh, allowing me to replace myself and, and grow the work that I really care about. Right. And so mm. I started working for these guys. And here's my point in all this. I started working. I would sit in meetings and I would pitch ideas and I say, Justin, that and that's a good idea, Justin. That's really like, that's really like a $3 million idea. We're, we're, we need like $100 million ideas. And it sounds so silly, right, to say. And they would say things to me like, Justin, you're managing our business like it's your business. We want you to manage our business like it's our business, not your business. Because you are thinking too small and too low and too short. But manage it like it's ours, not like it's yours. Because your business is small for a reason. And they weren't like trying to be mean. but the I, I took the point. And so I started working for them. And as I'm working for them, God begins to just work on me. And I begin to see, okay, these guys are crazy. This is obviously not what I, what I want to do for the rest of my life. But there's something here because th there was always a way, right? They were just like chief problem solvers. And there's there's always an angle. There was always a, a motive that you could find to get a deal done. They, there was, they never took no for an answer. And I, I took that away from that situation. So I began to, to think like, okay, God, what are you going to do? What are you going to do um, in this idea that we want to, this platform we want to build for churches? And as I'm working with these guys, these crazy energy brokers, this idea for ministry pass begins to blossom. And as it begins to, to ferment in my heart and, and marinate, it just begins to grow. 
and those self-limiting beliefs begin to lift a little bit more and a little bit more, a little bit more. And, and all of a sudden, I realized this is a really large idea. This is a, an idea much bigger than myself. And so we delayed the idea. <laughs> like, okay, God, it feels way too big. I'm going to avoid it now. And I think maybe as humans, we do that as well. Like when we realize what's at stake or what the opportunity is, we, t- we tend to withdraw. And we sort of run from that because it's like we're, we're a little bit scared of that, that moment. We're scared of that, that thought that, wow, here, here's a limitless opportunity. And I felt limited in my capabilities, in my own right. And it feels weird. It feels unnatural. And so we sort of shrink back. And, man, that was, that was an interesting time. I, I did shrink back. I sort of delayed it. And, and just, by the way, stop me if you, if you want to hop in here or whatever. I, I'm just kind of sharing my journey a little bit. So if you, if you need to pipe in, just let me know. But um, we, had, we, had, we had delayed it for, for probably six, eight months. And I just was like in a holding pattern, knowing, man, this idea is huge. I don't have any money, <laughs> you know, to pull off this idea. And my wife walks into our bedroom about 1130 at night on Good Friday. And she said, I think I'm pregnant. And it's like, wow, okay, you think you're pregnant. What does that mean? So, well, I've taken the pregnancy test uh, twice now. <laughs> and they're both positive. But they came from the dollar store, so maybe they're not accurate. I thought, okay. <laughs> Right. It's possible. Or the dollar twenty-five store now. Yeah, not the dollar twenty-five store. Yes, it's exactly right. So I said, we're going. She said, well, we'll go to the Kroger in the morning. I said, oh, we are not waiting. I'm not waiting. I'm not. I'm going to sleep with two eyes open all night long. So we go to Kroger. I buy the biggest bottle of water I can find her. Said, here, drink this. And then I bought the most expensive pregnancy test I could find. And uh, we get home, and sure enough, she's pregnant. And I am scheduled to go, literally leave the country like in a week. So I leave the country on a missions trip and we go to all the way around the world to Madagascar, which is the island on the southwest, uh, southeast coast of Africa. Madagascar, you know, we've seen the kids movie. Madagascar, the island is literally the size of Texas. It, it doesn't do it like we think it's real small when you look at it on a map, but it's literally the size of Texas. It's massive. And so I'm in Madagascar. My wife schedules her first ultrasound appointment while I'm away. And I knew I was going to have Wi-Fi a few of the days. We're going to be there like 12 days. And it just so happened that one of the day, the day that she was going for her first ultrasound appointment, I had access to Wi-Fi. And so from Madagascar, I, thank you, Steve Jobs, FaceTimed in to my wife's ultrasound appointment. And I heard my son's heartbeat all the way around the world that, you know, there everyone that's been to that point, you know, that that fast fast beat. And I got to be honest, Nick, as soon as I got off the the phone, I thought, wow, how special was that? I heard my son's heartbeat from around the world. But then as we're riding the bumpy roads of Madagascar, Madagascar, you know, the French had been developing it and then they just sort of picked up and, and left in the late forties, early fifties. So a lot of the roads in Madagascar have not been worked on since. They're just muddy and bumpy. And we drove those bumpy, muddy roads in Madagascar for a few days. And as we drove those through, through, through the, the terrain there, I just began to think about 
that idea that God birthed in my heart to build this platform for pastors. And I felt this urgency now. Like now it's like, hey, we're at the two-minute warning here. You're about to be a dad. Your life's about to change. You've put this idea off. It's go time now. And so I remember for that whole trip, I was just beginning to think and pray about, all right, God, it's a big idea. I'm, I'm incapable. I'm limited. But this idea is big. And I feel like it's got to be done. And I think that's one thing for us to remember, right, Nick? Would if we feel like we have a God-given purpose, sometimes even though we feel limited, it, it's imperative that we push forward because there are people that need it. Gosh, you said something today that I'm, I feel so honored to hear you say, but you said it's not often I get to talk to people that have directly created something that has directly impacted my life. I gotta be. T- I gotta be honest. That that statement that you said to me means so much to, to us, because of what we went through, right, to get here. And I remember sitting on the plane, coming back. We flew from um, Madagascar to South Africa, Johannesburg. That's our connected flight. Trey Songs was on our flight, uh, and then, yeah, right. He's like two rows in front of me. All the girls are like trotting around. Of course. And then, yeah. <laughs> And then we flew to New York. And from Johannesburg to New York, I literally, I didn't sleep the whole flight. I just, I just started writing down every thought I, you know, I had. And um, I, you know, I, for some reason, I'm not a, you know, I grew up in church, sort of a church frat, serving God my whole life. I will say I grew up in a very charismatic, you know, environment, but so I'm sort of leery of saying, hey, I, yeah, I'm not a guy that walks around and just like hands out the say the Lord tokens, you know what I mean? Get word of knowledge for everyone that I meet. I'm not that guy. And so for me to say, I feel like God spoke to me and said this specifically, I, I'm very uh, careful wow. with that. Mm-hmm. And on the plane, I felt like God said, ask Mark Batterson to be a part of a launch event. I don't know Mark Batterson. For those of you that Mark Batterson is, an, is a pastor, he's an author, best mm-hmm. New York Times bestselling author. I have no connection to him. And so at the South African, uh, at Johannesburg, I literally went to martinbatterson.com, got on the Wi-Fi, and I just fell out the contact form. And I thought no one will ever respond. And I just said, hey, we're, we're, we're wanting to launch this platform. I want to do a big event and, 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 and do a teaching, a training for pastors about sermon series. I'd love to, to have you on. Um, you know, I thought Mark Batterson doesn't need my, I, I was thinking, and this goes back to those energy broker guys. Those guys are like, there's always yeah. an angle. Sometimes, Justin, it's not about money. It's just what motivates people, right? And yeah. so I thought, well, Mark Batterson, he's the best, best-selling best author. He's probably got a lot of money. He, he doesn't he doesn't need my money. So what makes this stand out? And I said, uh, I know you have a new book coming out. It's called The Grave Robber. I'll buy 300 copies of your new book. And I'll give away to the pastors that attend, uh, you know, that that sign up for our platform. Wow. And to my surprise, someone responded to me like three days later. And um, so he agreed to do it. We went to D.C. and we filmed an, an, an event with Mark Batterson. And he was awesome. He was great to work with. And we did this big launch event. So that was like April, May. Had to hit the ground running. We launched in October. Yeah, And it's really crazy because you know, COVID has been like the rage for the past few years. But in mm-hmm. when we launched, Ebola was kind of, a, it's not obviously COVID big, but Ebola was like a big scary thing and it was pretty dangerous. And Ebola was trending all over Twitter. Well, that day, I saw the screenshot, the number one thing trending on Twitter was ministry pass. 
And um, I, so I'll fast forward and I'll, I'll turn it back over to you. But about six months ago, we did some, some analytic uh, research to figure out how many of our resources have been downloaded since we started. And I, I need to look again because as we continue to grow, the number goes up faster. But we've had over 3 million of our resources downloaded from churches all over the world. And um, yeah, I have to say that's quite a numbling thing to say. Because when you think about, you know, if you, every church is 50 people, you know, and the amount of churches that have downloaded, like the resources that our team has worked on has literally impacted millions of people around the world. And uh, I'm so grateful to be able to say that. I'm so honored and get scared of that, right? Because uh, you go back to those, hey, like, you, again, I feel so average. And um extraordinarily average to be honest with you and uh yeah so that's a little bit about my story i hope that's helpful for anybody listening that hey you know sometimes you, there's a moment and yeah. um sometimes you feel incapable sometimes you feel limited but uh you got to push through for for the greater good because it's not really about you it's about the people that yeah. the people that won't be impacted if you stop here if you stop now yeah i think that's probably man i i Thank you so much for sharing all of that, because I think some of the things I, I got from that, and um, I'm going to start from the top, um, but first of all, I'll just start there. Three million resources, like that's insane. Like that is, and then, you know, just to, I mean, even just take a moment and encourage you, you know, you look at three million resources downloaded, however many churches that is, and then you take the average church attendance, you know, that that those resources were utilized in. And then the impact of those people, we'll call it 500. I don't know the average church size in a service, but 500 seems a bit low. But I think if you go small to large, that small to mega, five to 700 probably is about average. And then that those people now had lives transformed. They met Jesus. They they got something um, from those resources, right? And I think that's even more of a powerful thing. And then something you had said or, or in the story, first thing I got, seeing something bigger than you, right? Like those guys at RES were like, you know, that's a good idea, but, you know, we're looking for the $100 million idea. And it was like, okay, wait a minute. Like, um, okay. Like, I, I got to think that way, right? But then even take it a step further, you walking up the drive, right? Seeing some things that you've only probably, I don't know, I mean, I've probably seen one Maserati in my life, I think. Um, I've never seen a Rolls Royce in person. I've never seen, I've seen a Ferrari, I think. But to walk up to something like that, right? Again, it's something bigger than what you thought it was, right? And for me and anybody listening, I, I really think when you see, when we see something bigger than us, we, one of two things happen. It either unlocks our limits or it, or we stay stuck in them. It's going to do one of those two things. There's really no in between, right? Like if you see, you know, I, I could think, you know, uh, in a sports analogy, right? You take a LeBron James, you know, he's watching Michael Jordan grow up, you know, and he's either thinking, I'm gonna, I want to be like him or I can't be like that. I can't be Michael Jordan, you know? And I remember watching, you know, young athletes in college, you know, what do you think you're going to do when you get to the league? And, you know, they'll say, I'm, I'm going to be the best player I can, I'm going to be the best player ever. 
And people are like, well, that's stupid. Why would you say that? And I'm just sitting there thinking like, what else would he say? I'm coming to the NBA to be average? Like, no, I'm going to come and try to be the best player that's ever played in this game. That's limitless thinking, right? Um, and then another thing, when you got talking about your son and you're in the in Madagascar, um, <clears throat> situations also shift our thinking into action. Like you hearing that your wife might be pregnant, right? And then you're going to get that confirmation. And then not only that, you heard it in another country, you heard it globally, right? And, and what I got from that is you literally heard the heartbeat of something you created, that was your son. You you create that was like a creation moment for you, right? Yeah. And you got to hear the reality of something you created that quite honestly, like when we think about it, like children, like that's some that's that's one that's legacy, right? That that's a that's an extension of us. But ultimately, I, I kind of look at we created life. Like you that was a life created through you, right? Through your seed, through your um, you know, everything. And so for me, that, that, again, I feel like that shifted into action. And then now fast forward to today and what God has literally just shifted and moved. It started with these guys who seemed eccentric, who seemed like, yeah. what in the world are these guys about? Like Armani suits and Ferraris and night at the Roxbury in the house and you know Man. what is the world is going on in here but I think sometimes we'll get people get so caught up into that right we'll get caught up into all of that and but every moment you kept saying is this God is this God and you knew it like this isn't what I want to do with my life this isn't what I want to you know sell energy but there was something in that lesson in that life moment that that you needed right that God was showing you like See, you can have that same mentality and it doesn't have to be for energy, right? Yeah. And so I think that's encouragement for people that are listening. Like, you know, even as we close out the series, like you have a dream, you might have a thought, you might have a vision of something that, that you want to do that God is giving you to do maybe. Maybe God is giving you this crazy, crazy vision. Like I, I remember talking about Noah that was crazy. Like Noah's never built a boat before. Noah wasn't even an architect, he wasn't an engineer, but he literally built a boat in the middle of dry land. Like who does that? Right. And because he had that relationship with God, he was obedient to do it. And so I, I feel like people that are listening are, are, are wanting to be obedient to what God is telling them to do. But Sometimes the voice of other people or sometimes, again, something bigger than you, God gave you something bigger, write the song, write the book, you know, um, start the church, you know, go into do this, go to school for this. And it's like, God, I don't, that's too big, but nothing's too big for him. And if yeah, he's absolutely. given it to you, he's totally with you. Right. And so even as we, you know, close out the episode, man, I, I, I think that those are some things that I, for me, seeing something bigger than you either you're unlocked or you're stuck situations shift our thinking into action. And then when you actually hear or see the heartbeat of your creation, like I remember even with this podcast, um, starting it three, three years ago. And I mentioned this, uh, I think in, in week three of this series, you know, I remember making that first episode. I was scared out of my mind. I who's going to listen to me. Like that was ultimately, had a yeah. whole Moses moment. Like, 
no one's going to listen to me. They could go listen to Michael Todd. They can go listen to Stephen Furtick. They can go listen to T.D. Jakes. Why would they listen to me? Um, and, and I'm a, a huge Star Trek fan, and I remember this episode of Star Trek, and one of the one of the main characters asked in this episode, it was a prophet, so the gods for these people, and he literally asked them, "Why? Why does it have to be me?" And the and the god said to them, "Because it could be no one else." And when I sit back and look, like if I stayed into that thought, no one's going to listen to me. Um, I was showing someone the other day, they were asking about the podcast and, and the fact that in three years I've been heard in 35 countries, like wow. people have heard my voice in a language I don't speak like that's, I don't speak French, but someone in France faithfully listens to this podcast. So shout out to France, uh, whoever those listeners are, I appreciate you, but it's such a thing like when I sit back and look like something I did out of obedience has now transformed lives. Yeah. Like, and introduce people to God. And so even as we close this out, man, like what are some things that you would tell the kind of parting words for people as they kind of march into this 2022? Because I feel like this year is that year for everybody. Like people have been tired of sitting at home. They've been tired of doing stuff, you know, more things had been, I think, got done in 2020 than probably ever. There were probably more books written, more shows launched, scripts written. Um, but there were probably a lot more that didn't get done, you know, and people are still sitting on it. And we talked about this last week with Jonathan. Um, time is limited. We, we know that. We, we don't have all the time in the world as much as we think we do. And so, you know, as, as you leave this, you know, kind of with, with folks, man, whether they're listening to this or back in replay months later, years later, they're, they're checking this episode out. What, what advice would you give them? What would you tell them? Well, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head as it relates to time, right? And I love the Star Trek reference. You know, it has to be you. When, you, when I, I referenced earlier, that I feel like God called me in the ministry when I was 11 years old. Well, that night I went to a summer camp, my first summer camp ever. I felt like God spoke to me during the service. And it was, you know, it was a pretty um, powerful, powerful experience there. I went back to my room, our dorm room, opened my Bible, and I was probably a little bit superstitious at that point as an 11-year-old boy. I just split open the Bible, and I was like, what, what's the first verse I'm going to read? Well, the first verse I read, actually, was probably appropriate that day and for my life and perhaps for this moment now. And the verse comes from Book of John, chapter 9, verse 4. And it says, as long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent us or sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. Essentially, hey, there's a work to be done. You, know, you have a purpose. God's called you to something. Ultimately, it's your job to figure out what that is and to push through those self-limiting beliefs because we're only here for a minute. and. Uh, you know, there's work to be done while we can do it because when night comes or the end of our life comes, uh, you know, we're not able to do it anymore. And so we need to be able to work through those issues between the ears and, and see what might, what God might do through us. You know, I, 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 I got uh, let go at my first ministry job. I was uh, 19 years old. I was in way over my head and the pastor came in and said, Hey, listen, Justin, you have a lot of promise. You, you, you're a good kid. 
but that's that's really what it is. You're a kid still. You you think like an intern. You don't. You're not a leader. You're an intern. Mentally is what his point was. So he gave me a John Maxwell book, and he said, "Hey, uh, we're gonna let you go because uh, you know I think I can get you to where you need to be." My fear is though, like I don't mind you not liking me in two years. I'm afraid that you won't like ministry, and I want to be responsible for that. So we're gonna let you go now. Use this opportunity to grow. And on the inside of the book, he wrote me a little note, personal note. And I still remember it to this day. And I share it with other leaders or other people that you know want mentoring or whatever the case may be. And and the and the statement is this: He wrote the statement in the in the inside flap of the book. It says, "What God wants to do through you, He must first do in you." And and so let let that be uh, comforting or really a challenge that. God wants to do things through you, but he must first do them in you. He must, he must first be able to lift those barriers, lift those lids off what you believe uh, is, you are capable of and, and really see the limitless nature of our Heavenly Father and, and what, what we can do uh, with him. And so I appreciate you having me on, man. This is such a, a blessing, and I love being able to share our story. And hopefully it's encouraging to somebody. I do, I do pray that. Amen. Amen. No, man, it, it is, it has been an awesome, awesome time. And, and I know people are going to be blessed by this, but I want to give an, uh, two, two more things I'll ask is one, uh, let people know, you know, how can, how can they connect with you and, and, and the products and everything? I, I'm telling you, I'm a user of seminary uh, to prepare not only my podcast episodes, but my messages at church and, uh, it is a powerful, powerful tool. I encourage it. And then also just ask you to pray for folks and then we're going to get out of here, man. Yeah. Hey, you can find me on Twitter at Justin Trapp. That's two P's at the end. Uh, that's my, I don't know if I'm just old or what, but that's my social platform of choice. I'm on all the others, but I'm usually the most active and I usually like to have conversations on Twitter. So you want to give me a shout there, but yeah, I'd love to pray for everyone. Father, we love you. And um, Lord, it's such an honor to serve you. And God, we're, we're grateful for the task that you've given us, for the purpose that you have trusted us with. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that we'd be able to get out of our own way, that you would use this conversation I've had with Nick to encourage someone, to challenge someone, to break them out of their, their, their comfort zone. Maybe they were like I was, where I knew the, I, I, I recognized the opportunity, but I was afraid of it, or I was felt limited felt average and I sort of delayed I shrunk back I, I stalled I avoided I pray Lord that everyone hearing this God that they would be challenged and and encouraged and excited about what not only are you going to do in us but through us in the in in 2022 we thank you in Christ's name Amen. 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 And again, thank you so much, Justin, for being on. Everyone, you can follow him on Twitter or even just search his product, Seminary and Ministry Pass. But man, thank you all so much for being in, you know, just tuning in with Vantage Point, uh, the series Limitless. And uh, we're, we're closing this one out today, but I'm telling you, Monday, you don't want to miss our new series called To Whom It May Concern. And as always, continue to seek insight, keys, and perspective to everyday living through the lens of God. It'll change your life and your world. God bless. We'll see you on Monday.